Welcome back to Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we are talking the Crash Crucible Retour. And what other guy to bring on the show than this? And I'm going to, I got you your, uh, your own theme music. Dancing, seven seconds seven seconds a little taste of columbia <laughs> did i get that? i got that right i got that right right you did yes you surprise you got your own theme music now and you're official official dang first time on the show been a long time coming mr jr howell welcome it is partner. the first time yeah i mean we, we talk are, a lot uh, like the three of us talk a lot but not here between Bill and I, it's uh, tough to schedule things. I have like yeah. one, or, one or two days, like one hour increments, and that's that's all. Dude, I that's exactly how we are. Chase, like, hey, what do you got this week? And I'm like, well, I have this 47 minute break yeah. here. I got this 18 minute one here. Shit. Yeah. So and, and we got CrossFit it. fucks it all up, and then they throw a meeting on him, and then it throws us for the whole. week. <laughs> no, and we got about an hour, so like you guys just stop blabbermouthing about uh, what's going on. But we are going to analyze the programming. Of the Crash Crucible retour. Now, JR, before we get into it, lay down the uh, the concept, the idea that you kicked around, the inspiration for it, and why you wanted to do it. Yeah, I would say for the last couple of years, I've watched some other competitions toy with this idea, West Coast Classic and the Sanctionals year. And then I believe a uh, competition in Australia. I think Rob Forte was the last one oh, to kind yeah. of mess with it a little bit. Yeah. Where you use inspiration, use old workouts that are pretty well known programmed by Dave or by Boz at this point and uh, either use them exactly in your own competition or put spins on them. And Chase and I had a friendly back and forth <laughs> about how you shouldn't do it or you, you, it's not smart to do it because it's difficult mm. and because you rarely can tweak them enough to still make them your own, but still also, um, pay respects where they're due. Well, so I kind of took that as a challenge to try to do it myself. Well, we've seen, you know, like when they've done in the game, like they'll do version two and it's like, come on, man, that's not even the same workout that you're putting together. Why even have that same name? So do you think that it's a matter of like tipping the cap to that particular event or you're trying to find like a, an updated version of that event? Or was it just like, I just want to use it as inspiration. Like when you when you were picking it, how close were you trying to get, or were you just like, I don't really care. I'm not. I'm not putting boundaries on it. I just want to kind of. I want the feel of this one. Or I want this to be an upgraded version of this. What were we looking for? I think it was about fifty fifty. Ones that I just loved, like they were some of my favorite workouts ever programmed, uh. or ones that I thought were a miss that I thought it should have been this, like a retool. Ah. Uh. Like, um, for instance, the front end of the back-to-back on Sunday. When everyone remembers that workout going down, everyone said it wasn't enough bar muscle-ups. It wasn't enough bar muscle-ups. And everyone just talked about the sled and how each lane was different. But I started playing with the idea, well, I've got a turf. I can, I can make all the lanes the same. Mm-hmm. Should I keep the mus- Should I change it to ring muscle-up? Yes. Should I keep the same format of sled, muscle up, sled, or should I maybe try something where I go muscle up, sled, muscle up and finally landed on that part. But again, that was like a, my way of trying to make the workout better than the original. Right. Right. And then for some of them, like the old school 2011 hundreds chipper and the snatch ladder, some of my favorite expressions of Mm -hmm. those ends of the spectrum of fitness and like Chase gave me some inspiration on changing to thruster. <laughs> and I've used kettlebells in the past, trying to implement a standard that was not easily implemented. And I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, this one had kettlebell swings. We don't really get long workouts anymore that are just like lots of repetitions and not lots of machine work. So let's just keep that hundreds mm. format, keep the kettlebells and just try to tweak them a little bit. So I like it. You put right there and we'll see, we see that a lot, even at recency bias in semifinals is getting high volume tests in there or programmed events that the punt is, is like, Hey, we can put in a lot of volume here. If we just throw in a couple machines versus the old school days of the hundreds event, which happened 
in 2011 then happened again in 2013. And then in 2012, it was the back squat, front squat, overhead squat, pull up, chest to bar, put like that type of, like that volume doesn't really rear its head as much anymore. And I feel like you're right, Jared, that it is, is subsidized by putting machine work in there. Yeah. Right. I, I think that that's almost like, that's the weak man's default too. It's easy to put, it's easy to put the calories in there or the, 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 the meters in there with those machines. You're right. Um, I think I, I almost feel like people are with the high volume that they're either not educated enough in what they're trying to actually do with it, or they're afraid to do it because they don't know, they don't really understand what they're putting down. And so they can just easily go, all right, throw whatever, hundred double unders in there, or we'll throw the calories on there to, to fill this block of time. You think that's the case? Cause you're an old school guy, dude. We have these old school conversations all the time. I think it's both. Um, I think just things as simple as what I do Friday has an effect not only on Saturday, but mm. more so on Sunday. How do I lay the weekend out to where the volume is placed strategically? I, I would say that's the biggest maybe shortcoming or maybe just the biggest opportunity for education for a lot of people that program competitions is that volume is good and volume is needed sometimes, but sometimes it's not and where you put it really matters. Totally. And that was a conversation we had leading up to crash uh, was where to put things and the effect of one on the other. And it does change it. And if you think about, um, I mean, we'll get into the, the events here in just a second, but I know we had the conversation. It's like, I think at one point the first event was the last event and, yeah, and vice versa. Uh, and, yeah. and the last event was kind of in the, the middle of the weekend when you were first putting all together. And if that was the case, that would have been, I feel like a very dramatic difference between doing your pegboard ski erg zercher carry yoke first than it being the final event of the weekend right yeah the the order i landed on there's no question in my mind any other order wouldn't have made for as good of a competition and that goes with spectator experience letting people showcase things early on in the weekend and also like um the feel after the weekend because i've taught i talked to colton yesterday i've talked to masters athletes oh yeah okay i wanted to know how they felt and a lot of them resoundingly was dude if saturday wouldn't have been what it was with just the handstand 300 foot for time and the thruster ladder i would have been wrecked yeah but because we did what we did on friday and then saturday was not a whole lot by the time we got to the hundred chipper i still felt like i could put out and then there was a really fast turnaround between that workout and the finale so i could get people home to their kids <laughs> yeah. and stuff early a lot of them said hey it didn't really suck until sunday and that's kind of what i wanted going into it and that's so traditional that like you wake up on the third day of a three-day competition whether it's regionals or semifinals and you're waking up you're like okay we're, we're gonna see who's either been training for this physically or has the the emotional and mental resolve because I remember rolling out of the bed in the old regional days, Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, this is this warm up is just extended 30 minutes prior to uh, me starting the morning off, right? But yeah. I think, well, well, let me ask you this, Jay. With uh, and this is a comment that Brian made in his flurry of words that he was throwing out doing the the commentating for the. Uh, you remember like the micro machine man? <laughs> that was day one. <laughs> Dude, he was that, in, that was nervous was, talking, Brian. He was in a zone. He was in a zone I've like I've witnessed by very few people. A flow and state. Was, I was, was begging him. I was begging him not to call every single heat. And he's like, dude, I'm good. Just let me go. Yeah. I'm good. Just let me go. I said, All right, man. Hey, he go, did it go, too. Like, it. He, did, he did great. But a comment that he made was uh I think he was talking to um uh oh, shoot, the name slipped me right now. Anyway, he's talking to one of the athletes about you know, where the athletes are in their, in their season for this event. And the, the fact that you put so much attention onto how it's going to stack up, how the events are going to stack up throughout the weekend, where you can have athletes that are like, okay, maybe I'm not a games level athlete, but I'm training for this particular event because I want to do really well in this event. Or you have some of the higher end athletes that this is very off season to them. And so everyone can kind of come in and still compete at a, at, at a particular level because they aren't getting just broken on day one, which we used to see 
man, I mean, some of the games, like the Granite games back in the day, used to just murder people Dubai. in the middle of the season. And they were like, dude, I can't. I can't you remember do Dubai this in like 2015, 2016? I was like, holy shit. Right. I mean, you know, that some of the athletes were ready, but you're from, we're talking 30,000 square, 30,000 foot view on this is it reminded me of like an Olympic distance triathlon. Like everyone can do it. You can train to be really good at it. But even if you're not all that trained up, you still do it and have a really good time. So you can sure. still have some really good races. And, you know, even being able to, you know, if there's something that is kind of within your wheelhouse, you get to shine. So it, it allows a lot of opportunity to shine um, and yet still have an effective competition. But I, what I, we talk about this all the time. Like, what's the why of putting it together? And you... I mean, Wadapalooza did this, you know, we've seen West Coast Classic try it where you, when you set up a parameter like that, what then becomes the why of the event? Is it, are we looking at overall fitness? Are you looking at just wanting to have some fun? Are you looking at, here's a new painting that we're putting together with uh, some retreads of some old events? Like what was, what was your underlying task with all of those implements that you put on yourself like that? Cause that's a tough, that's a tough play. Yeah, the purpose has always been to give the athletes another option in the offseason. However, lots of options. Uh, there aren't a lot of options at the top. And there's like the tippy top of like the majors. And then there are some people there in the middle. And then there's, I would say, lots of options for like one day long competitions or even like weekend long competitions or even the old school like individual Saturday team Sunday where people do both. My goal has always been to provide a semifinals, regionals, sanctionals-like backdrop and field with workouts that maybe aren't even uh, realistic at that level that a lot of people would have to wait until the games to get their hands on. Because there's something about knowing that not everyone in my heat has probably done this or done it in a for-time setting because they've none of them have ever made it to the games. Because until this year, I'd never had an actual games competitor in the field other than marquan jones he was mm -hmm. it so this was the first year that someone who just made the games colton and james came to compete so it's definitely to find the fittest definitely to make another earning opportunity for like uh you would call it a mid-level um tier um prize purse but more so especially adding the masters field i've all and i've told you guys this the idea that certain movements don't need to be in competition until a certain level of the season is just crazy to me. Mm. And showing whoever wants to watch that these guys can all and girls can all do these things whenever. It, it, you can have them weigh a sandbag and do something in the open with a sandbag. Mm -hmm. Just have to make them do it. Put on the equipment list. You can... Have yokes at us. I mean, dude, if I have six yokes on in a lane and they all fit fine, there were no logistical concerns there with yokes running into each other or like I had smaller diameter plates so they weren't taking up as much of a footprint. Like you could easily have 10 yokes at a semifinal. Easily. Yeah. So it's like that kind of a thing where like, yeah, is everyone going to have a wall with six pegboards? No. But I mean, I, can, I can't think of anyone that didn't do at least one. And a lot of those people I've never even sniffed the semifinals for, much less been at the games. And the only time we've ever seen a pegboard is at the games. Mm -hmm. We've only seen parallel handstand push-ups at the games and the Mayhem Classic, maybe at Dubai. I'm talking about full deficit handstand push-ups. Right, yeah. On parallels. But why? Like that that movement's been around since the kettlebell swing, GHD, parallel handstand push-up workout at the games in like right. 2009. So just things like that. I, I really want to broaden the idea and Boz has talked about it all the time like why are you training things that you think only come up at certain stages of the competition mm -hmm. instead of having your fitness be broad enough to where yeah if you've never flipped a flip sled before i can still probably figure it out in the warm-up room yeah if i've never walked over something maybe i should do more shoulder taps like all those kind of things well it's also a testament of if you are doing an appropriate level of gpp even if you've never done a flip sled before it's like you should have done enough power cleans and hang power cleans and maybe a tire flip here and there to have the skills and fitness level to figure it out. 
or like you said, the, the moguls that you had and we'll get into it, but like you, you, I mean, you, you packed this out, the, the, the flip sled yoke, a handstand obstacle course rings, GHDs. Like it was, it, it was a kid playground, dude. dude. Yeah. It was a CrossFitter I, playground. Absolutely. Bar. Yeah. Bar, yeah. Yeah. The trapeze bar. So, uh, <laughs> so let's, Hey, let's, let's dig into these a little bit while we, uh, we got you here and we'll kick things off is the first event. I'm pulling all this from known and unknown, uh, known and noble, uh, helping did a good job of like putting what the event was and where it came from. I thought that was pretty cool. And regrip three rounds for time, three or two pegboard ascents, 20 and 15 Cal skier, 100 foot Zercher carry with the yoke, 285 for the men, 185 for the women. This is coming off Aeneas, which is the finale in 2018. And when you put this one together, you know, just walk us through like your, your thought process and your desired stimulus you wanted to get from this exactly. I loved this finale in 2018. Uh, the yoke at the end, just like like any kind of horizontal displacement, makes for like the best finish ever. Whether it's a lunge or a carry, it's just really exciting. Um, at the end of any event, much less like the finale at the games. I always though thought that the number of pegboard at this stage wasn't appropriate because everyone could just do them unbroken, and then the light thrusters were there and. Sure, it was supposed to be a race, but it, it this Aeneas, the original, ended up almost coming down to how fast you could load your plates onto the yoke. Right. Mm-hmm. And if one right. went rolling across the floor, <laughs> if one one was smoother or not, like it. So it, when I when I was thinking about, well, I definitely want to use the pegboard again. Last year was the first year we used it. Let me look at all the pegboard workouts. I loved. The uh, split triplet, I think it was the name of it, but that was only like one or two oh, board yeah. with the with the with the dumbbell. It was yeah. 2019. Not a lot of people got to do it, mm-hmm. but I, I like the idea of doing something like that. It was a lot of grip. Um, obviously, there's the thruster one. You know, there there are some hanging out, but this one, I'm like, I wish it would have been rounds, and they just would have came back, and then maybe you can increase the the weight of the yoke per round. Mm-hmm. But then one of my predictions this year was that I thought Boz would use the yoke for something other than just a behind-the-neck carry, which it's only ever been used for. And I was like, he's going to do your Zercher. He's going to do Zercher. <laughs> and when he didn't, I was like, okay, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to use yeah. Zercher. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll do it myself. And when I decided on the, the strength test being thruster, I was like, okay, well, what are we going to put in place of the light thrusters? And I was like, hey, you know what? If we're going to test pulling and grip stamina, let's just test it. So mm. let's put the skier with the pegboard and the zercher yeah. so that it's very clear what we're trying to figure out here on the first workout. Well, the thing about the skier again, then the zercher carry is like one, I've, I wonder how many people actually had a Google zercher carry or, or zercher <laughs> itself. Two is that you think about what the skier does and that's lats and triceps core. You think about the zercher carry, you've got the core again, both anterior and posterior. And then it's just like biceps and chest all things you need to climb a pegboard. <laughs> and so coming back to that second round, you could probably see those eyes getting a little bit wider. And then on that second to last searcher carry, going back to the third set of pegboards is probably like, I now I have to see what I'm capable of because either my confidence has been shaking or my body's been broken. Not broken in terms of like danger, but just like I, ha- I have been zapped going into this last round. Sure. Yeah, every round the 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 fatigue level like in the back and the biceps just goes up. And what the zercher does is a perfect example of like it doesn't have to be heavy to still be like annoyingly heavy. Like you could tell it wasn't really heavy for anyone. No one was mm-hmm. failing the the carry, but since you were forced to put it down after fifty feet, it was absolutely a who wants to just take one breath and get back to the pegboard and who wants to stand there for 20 seconds and wait, because the way it's sitting, it's so hard to breathe like that. Yeah. Um, So like the pegboard is all time under tension. You're still compressing the diaphragm and the midline when you're skiing. So just like, it's one of those really weird kind of like, kind of like Linda where like, you don't think it should be as aerobic as it ends up being Mm. because you're, there's so much tension there. That's kind of what I saw a lot. And like most workouts and this being the first one, I wanted everyone to be able to do the pegboard when they were completely fresh and there was no excuses of like, I'd be able to do the pegboard better if we didn't do X, Y, Z yesterday. People came out way too hot. People <laughs> told me in the warm up area, I'm going to do 
two and I'm going to break and then do one for the first two rounds. And then if I feel good and no, everyone just did three unbroken or two unbroken and they got back on round two and did like two or three unbroken. And then some people on round three got the complete failure yeah. after going unbroken for two straight rounds. Well, I think, you know, and we, you talk chase about what the, what the Zercher carry is going to do and where it's sitting on your bicep. So you are holding it, but you also, you have to think about that blood flow restriction that you also are getting that to your grip. So you're yeah. basically strangling your forearms and then that's what you're going to use when you go to that, that pegboard and it have to hold on those, on those pegs as you go. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. And if, if, as an athlete looking at this right away, like it, it sets the stage for like, Oh shit. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is going to be fun. Cause now it's like, yes, it's a race. But I think to your point that we said earlier is you don't, you can't look across the field and just assume that, Oh, that, that I've already seen that guy win that race. I know he's good at this. This person mm-hmm. I already know I've seen is that mm-hmm. this, this is in their wheelhouse. This is someone like, well, you could screw it up big time you could screw it up big time and it, it though it's mixed in a way that like you kind of looking around across the floor and you're like, I have a, just as good a chance as anybody. I don't know. There's no wheelhouse people for a Zercher carry. Right? Exactly. Like you think like one thing I really tried to do too, and we can touch on the scoring. I, that's like a whole podcast. And I really, there, there are <laughs> that is a whole about, podcast. But, we'll but, say <laughs> uh, what I was with the scoring, with the time caps, with the level of skill, with the unknown, like I said in the beginning, how many people in the field have done a pegboard workout period at the CrossFit Games? They didn't do pegboard last year. Right. So Colton's probably the only one that's even done a pegboard in competition. Kenzie Riley, mm-hmm. Elijah Muhammad, they're mm-hmm. all in the Masters field. So like a legless rope climb and a pegboard are not the same. And for a lot of people, they can excel at one and they're terrible at the other. A lot of people see them as like level playing field movements. They are not. Mm -hmm. If you know how to use your feet and you can really push into the wall and you're not having to hang from one arm, like you would be doing on a legless pegboard, like they're very different. So you look right, you look left and you're like, well, they're pretty good at rope climbs, but do they ever even like do a Zercher carry? I mean, it's so, I tried to do that with several of the workouts. Well, I mean, they, they can snatch, but like a thruster ladder, who's, who's ever done a thruster ladder in competition. Mm-hmm. That was what I really wanted too. is that you go into every workout basically saying, I think I know who's going to do okay, yeah. but you don't know for sure. It's like, awesome. sure. You look at Colton, you're like, yes, he's going to smash this. He's going to smash this. But like, you don't know when you look at Colton, if he's going to be, automatically great at a running and a flip sled workout. I mean, you just don't know. Well, what I like, and we'll move on to this second one here after this is that what I like is that you had is you had a nice blend of execution based, but still compiled with good programming because you can program an event and just make it purely execution based. And then it's like, all right, well, it only comes down if this person can do this thing and that's it. But you talk about the thruster ladder or, or the Zercher carry, and we just saw Holly talking about some people would fail their last climb because they felt pressure to hop up five, 10 seconds too soon to try to win it and then basically lose it. And there's an execution element because of the programming as a whole, not, well, hey, we're doing strict deficit wall facing chest to wall inverted handstand push ups today. Good luck. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, and it, this theme will continue to come back and. I think it's just where we are in the sport and the difference between the male field and the female field is that when you put this many difficult things from a skill perspective, from a upper body push and pull perspective, just high skills, it it really comes down unless you have a CrossFit games field. And and even then I would still argue that the margins are smaller. It's to steal Kiefer's uh, expression it comes down to the haves and the haves nots. Like, do you have the skills or do you not? And that really, really, really played a big role in the individual female field of like, yes, everyone can do the hundred. Some will go faster. Yes. Everyone can run a football sled. Some will go faster. Yes. Someone can fly through the ladder like Amanda Fisher and like three something <laughs> and some can't finish it. But can you do parallel? Can you do pegboard? Can you do the obstacle course? That's just either you can or you can't. Type right, thing. right. So, yeah. 
done with event one, moving on to event number two, you have, and this is for the individual competition. I know the masters did it this on, I believe this was their final event on a uh, Sunday, four rounds for time, 40 meter run, 30 GHD sit up seven flip sleds at 500 and 360 pounds coming off the regional event in 2016, which was the three rounds for time, 40 meter run, 40 GHD sit ups and seven heavy deadlifts. This was probably one of my more favorite ones to watch unfold. Um, I mean, every, every there was exciting races all over the place, but especially watching on Sunday was, I, I loved this one. The flip sled element, the GHDs, having that running element in there being a factor of the event versus just kind of like time to take a break. I love this one. Yeah, and, and the order of the events in number, actually the order they did them. So everyone did this second on friday so this is like that's your friday right there Mm -hmm. one and two so this is friday night we ran outside which was gave me a little bit of stress i had to have people (laughs) like block the parking lot but i'm so glad everyone ran outside despite the fact that this is the first time the true form was ever introduced into live competition Uh, we had we had used the air runner a bunch in previous years crucibles and i was like you know what they need to actually race like they need to come off the flip sled one or two flips behind and be like i can see him so i'm gonna catch him is that that uh have anything to do with the semis all the issues from the semis and all the discussions we had no doubt like just everyone (laughs) being everyone being air runnered and uh and uh shuttle shuttle ran out i was just like hey let's just like let them do a foot race and from a programming standpoint because of where everything else was in the competition i didn't want the workout to be like it was at regionals when some people just couldn't deadlift 405. It was like all about the deadlift for a lot of people. And then it was about, can you tolerate three rounds of 40 GHDs? And then it became about who can run the fastest. This workout, I made it one more round. So there's a little bit more running. The volume of the GHDs was the same. And instead of it being 21 Mm. heavy deads, it was 28. And that weight on the flip sled was very like annoyingly heavy. Again, not heavy, if you're a shorter athlete, sure, it was more difficult, but very much just this is just grunt work capacity at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I like this. And, and if you saw people who knew how to handle the flip sled, man, that was a sight to watch. I mean, That's, what a cool race to see just flip for flip. It's like you can see that with heavy power cleans, but nobody's moving. Right. You're not rolling the bar forward and hitting it. And like that was just uh, it was very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing how much of the technique uh, for that flip sled it came down to. Not necessarily. I mean, height is always going to be the issue. You're always going to have that. Uh, you know, whether you're a taller athlete or whatever, to get the angle on that flip sled. But even watching athletes that have had their hands on it, or they understand it, they un- they really understood how to move it to get the the flip sled up up as high as possible before they got it to their knee. So you saw, I mean, you saw sure. how much, you know, once they get to the knee, it almost would stop some of the athletes if they just didn't get that, uh, that sled up high enough. But it was, that was, that was good. And I remember this one from the regionals too. And you're right. The deadlift like floored people. And I, <laughs> unless and, you're Chandler Smith. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. Or um, Adrian Conway. <laughs> um, but I, I think that the, uh, the weight looks different on the flip sled. So even though it's 500, 360, it's not, you're not picking up 500 pounds is right, that exactly. angle so like right. you said it's just well like, and you get a good grip on it be a pain in the ass well we just did a shit ton of grip stuff yeah true so like, here we are again where you gotta like now you gotta grab that we've seen what that we, we saw what that did to matt fraser at the games when he went from flip sled from the pig to the rope so we know that there that there's that grip element to it mm-hmm. so i think that's a nice way to cap off your forms for the the first night so, Jerry, you close out your first day. You've got two events. Both have a WMG component to it for multiple rounds. It's always different than what you run on paper, the multiple revisions you do, all the obsessing you have in your head about what happens. And then there's another thing of watch this group of athletes take these tests. How did you feel day one went for you? I thought it was as good as it could have gone because of what the athletes did how everyone excelled, how the masters remember doing the exact same workouts. A lot of them were putting up competitive times already with the individuals like Caroline Klutz. Like I think she had five top, like five finishes in the individual field. Jeez. Like, uh, wow. Mark Hutchinson, a, a lot of those guys were putting up. It was, it was great. 
There was no injuries on the pegboard. It was awesome. And the leaderboard kind of looked the way I thought it was going to look. And that gave me like promise heading into the weekend is that I think James is going to be ahead on day one. He uh, was. Yeah. I think that you're going to see a lot of bigger, taller, more powerful aerobic mm-hmm. athletes toward the top of the leaderboard. And that's perfect going into the handstand walk on Saturday. Well, speaking of handstand walk on Saturday, you kick things off with rewind. 300-foot handstand walk in total. The course is 60 feet, so they had five down and backs, uh, down being one, back being two. 20-foot handstand walk obstacle ramp to ramp into 20 hurdles. There were five of them, and then 20 handstand walk stair to stair, and then they'd go back. Time cap, 10 minutes, so this is a pure gymnastics, three different basically obstacles, and one we've never seen before in competition with the hurdles. How did those come into play? Um, me trying to make use of all this AAI equipment that I've accumulated <laughs> over the years. Because, you know, those were, no, in all honesty, though, 2018, what I remember most about that event was the Zeus Pro double under into the slalom. Mm-hmm. And I remember the slalom wasn't really a big deal at all for people. But I just remember that visual of having them do figure eights in and out. And then they went up and did, I think that was the first year they did the low parallel bars, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it, that yep, was the, at the last, very end. That was the last obstacle. Um, and you saw a lot of people get there and then like just fail when they got there. What is so cool about this is how McKenzie and Marquand did that workout. And the time that they, like Marquand's time, I think his time was like 321 on 300 feet. Jeez. Like that was only probably 50 feet that year that they did those. Yeah. Those obstacles. I mean, right. and it was, it was one time down. Sure. And that was it. They were, it was done. It was like maybe 50 dubs and then maybe like 30 feet of the slalom right into the, the ramps and the stairs and stuff. So seeing those pylons and like, I've never, I remember seeing on Justin Madeira's either Instagram or YouTube before oh, before he remember? moved yeah he made that little obstacle like course walking, and he was going over something and i was <sighs> like he he was going over something like you would do a shoulder tap and i'm like i wonder if you could walk over these things so i just threw one on the ground one day grabbed one of my good friends who's built just like a games athlete and was like can you do that without hitting your face and he did <laughs> and then i had an athlete who's on the acrobatics and tumbling team here in Spartanburg and she's four foot nine. And I was like, I'm going to get her to do these. And if she can do it, Genius. it is a like hundred <laughs> percent. And that video that I posted, like I gave people about two months, three months to practice mm-hmm. the obstacles even just are hard to find these days. And it was really cool seeing some people go over parallettes, which is uh, a lot riskier on the face <laughs> if you mess up. Some people like uh, got kettlebells and attached like a resistance band in between them. Oh, which was yeah. like, That's some smart. people just use foam rollers. Like it was cool to see how everyone was preparing. But um, I mean, that ended up being like a really fun race for some. And then for some, it was just how many reps can I get in 10 minutes? So once again, the time cap being such that people can stay out there and work for 10 minutes or people can be done in three and what that's going to do to the scoring system is really going to punish the people that don't have the skill. Well, and I think the fact that you gave them so much time, and we've talked about this in so many different events. If you're going to implement something new so that, you know, just like what Chase was talking about, a an exit. Double cross in this. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, something like Sorry. that. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, thank you. Um, you so. give them plenty of time so that you can actually, so you, you remove that excuse off the table. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, especially with your better athletes, they should be able to adapt. And with handstand walking, I mean, we're kind of at the point now where it's like, all right, we've already done, you know, here we are doing press to handstands. We're doing parallettes on the box now. We're coming on and off of all kinds of objects. We've gone through pilings. I mean, at the NCC, we saw a hand walking backwards. It's like, what? where else is there to go? So I think that that was... Well, where to go without getting gimmicky too. That's another challenge. Well, yeah, I just, that's kind of, I guess, an assumed. And it, it's... It's hard to think that because whenever you open the door to something new, a new idea or a new spin or a new variation of that, there's always that question, is it gimmicky? And I, I, honestly, you hit us up on that. And you're like, hey, am I out of my mind on this one? And I'm like, dude, that's fucking cool. 
Well, the short answer was yes, but we also love it. Right. JR is clearly a, no insane does what JR just pulled off the list. But I think, but I think that it's, I think that it's great. It wasn't so much that it all came down to one thing. It was like, you know, you were able to let people's feet hang in the pool and still have a race with something new that tested them. And I think that that was great. How did you, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. How did you land on five? Because I think you could have easily gone one way or the other and tipped the scales of, well, that was a worthless or like, oh, that was too much. Like it just mm-hmm. became, yeah, like you, you didn't want it to just be a shoulder endurance event. You wanted it to be a skills gymnastics test and an inverted yeah. handstand walking capacity. Well, I knew to a to a point, like if I would have done like a 10-minute ten, ten AMRAP for distance, like, <laughs> yeah. then that's just like what are we doing out here? And then no one can put on a show on the thruster because they're so like spent. Mm. Lucky, luckily I have, you know, I knew Jason wasn't going to be able to compete after he got into rogue. I have some, like I, I have a guy that's on a team that is amazing on his hands. Like I have access to some people, um, who have competed in the past that couldn't, and I was able to reach out to him and say, do you have one of these? Can you do this for me? And just kind of see. And th- there were lots of iterations of this. Like I had this as intervals at one point where they were like buying in with a skier or buying in with a drag rope double under. And then they were like going down the course as fast as possible, resetting. And then the cumulative time was the score. Mm. Like I had very different versions of this. And then I was like, you know what? I've got that thruster ladder. It, it, I don't really like programming single modality. I've like, I, I don't care for it, but if there's the right workout that could offset it, I'm open to it. In the first year of crucible, I programmed a back to back that was dumbbell Randy. So 75 snatches at 75 pounds Ooh. for time, a two minute transition into a 300 foot handstand walk on that turf for time. Ooh. But it was just five trips on the turf. That was 2020 and it was perfect. And I was like, you know what? Most people aren't going to remember that, but I did 300 feet and the dude, the fastest times were like two something. The fastest times here were like low threes. Wow. 300 feet of just obstacle. Like that's nuts. Dude, that thing, that thing, gnarly. So you're telling me that testing the events multiple times ahead of time is a good way to make sure that the programming is adequate in the purpose of the test of which you're Some would say it's needed. I'm going to write that down. Interesting. 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 Note to sell. <laughs> Note to sell. Well, I thought it was great. And as we go into the second event on Saturday, we go from a gymnastics test into a weightlifting test. But the other two things in here, too, is that, okay, we have a thruster ladder that's a squat and a press. We just went inverted. It's overhead pressing in a gymnastics stability form. That's coming off a day that had a massive amount of pulling in it. And so not only are you going from these... I would say 12, 14, 12 to 15 minute tests on day one, high volume pulling, gymnastics, weightlifting, all monostructural mashed together. And then you go to these single tests here, which is kind of what we were hoping that Saturday at the CrossFit Games would be. Just throw that out there again. And you've got the pressing, you've got the two different modalities in the gymnastics and the weightlifting. But the other thing that I don't think people realized was the break between the first event of the day. And the second event of the day, I don't know if that, how much intentional that was, but it was it three to four hours so that they could almost recover and still perform well here later. Right. Yeah. There was, um, again, being mindful of where the athletes are in their off season and knowing how the first day there is a lot of intensity there for those that could really put out on the first workout and not just have to manage the pegboard like ability that, Knowing what Sunday is going to be, Saturday needs to be expensive. It needs to just be risk versus reward. Am I ready? Am I not ready? Do I take a chance? Do I not? Without like, without it wrecking their bodies. Like if they, <laughs> if you kick up too fast on the steps, you just your elbows bend and you just come down and you rest thirty seconds and get thirty seconds slower. Yeah. Well, you should on, rest thirty seconds. Some people chose right. not to do that and paid for it. If you get to the 265 bar and you go a little bit early, you just get it halfway up and you fail it, you rest a minute and then you hit it. There's, there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of, of 
opportunity to make moves. There's a ton of opportunity to blow it. Um, so again, it's just really high execution based and going into Sunday, I was hopeful that everyone would be feeling pretty good. Maybe some sore forearms because the Friday would start to creep up a little bit going into the hundred toes to bar. But I, I kind of wanted that too. Like I, I that was mm. on purpose for mm -hmm. sure. I'm kind of feeling those GHDs we did. Okay, cool. Now you got to do a spar. Like that's kind of what I wanted. So here again, people that don't know, Chase randomly texted me. And this is, I think, right after 23.2 AMB. Yeah. And after people did the heavy thruster that we've never really seen in the open for load, it's always just been light. What if they just did the regionals workout, but with thrusters? And like, that's what they did at semis. And I was like, if Boz doesn't do it, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting that in crucible. And that can just be one of the pillar workouts and I'll build the rest around it. So like this workout I knew I wanted for the strength test, which is why Aeneas regrip became not thrusters for uh, people that are wondering why not just do wall balls. I mean, that's when you do that, it's clear that you just said, okay, thrusters are here. So what do I put here instead? Mm. That's not how you build out a competition. You, what if I would have done that and still left a hundred light kettlebell squats? We've already squatted light. Why are we squatting light again? Like these are the things that when you really get deep, like you, you have to be considerate of. This was the, I, I, I was so nervous about this one because when, you know, I texted, is like, I always wanted this to happen in this exact format, using the same weights for regionals and using thrusters because in my experience is that thruster weight, whether it's max weight or cycling reps is very similar to snatch, very similar. And so I was like, Hey, just change the movement and uh, let's see what happens. My worry was like, okay, that was like seven years ago. What if this is just a joke and people are flying through it in three minutes or, you know, what if it doesn't land? And I was like, Cause I was nervous. It's like, I know you put it in there and we had a discussion. You put my damn name in the event. And, <laughs> and I was like, but once it, once it unfolded, it was everything I hoped it would have been like the execution of it, the difficulty of it. It wasn't just a strength test. It was an endurance stamina and speed test, but it also required being very deliberate of when you went, how many you did, should you break up here? Should you do singles there? Like it, it, all the elements in there was everything that I'd hoped for. And I was so happy that it landed <laughs> there with yeah, uh, people competing. I mean, the, again, I mean, you have people that couldn't get out of the round of four and then like Colton and Amanda did it in like sub, like sub four easily. I mean, there were handfuls of people that did it sub five and there are people just to like happy to finish it in eight or nine. So you like, it really did hold up. It, it gave people an opportunity to put on a show and I ended up ordering more short bars two weeks before the competition. Oh, really? I remember how much of a trap the six into the four is. Because you do yeah. the 10, you roll. That's a 10-minute rest when you're adding your own weight. Mm -hmm. Do your eight, you roll. You take another break, you do six. And then your four is just right in front of you. It's right there, dude. Go ahead. And you saw so many people fail some reps on the round of four because that transition was so available to them. Right, yeah. And that was really cool to watch. And it, like I told people... Like John Young tested this for me because I know how strong he is. And I was like, dude, I, fitness, yes, will play a small factor for the strongest. Mm. But you're just one of the strongest. I need to know that this is even appropriate. And he was like six minutes. So I was like, dude, like people are going to be able to go sub five for sure. We're good. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I asked him about it. And he said, you know, I did the four and the two unbroken. It was actually the earlier sets. That Interesting. kind of made me rest more. And you saw, I think, Colton break from the beginning. Yeah. And then did the four and the two unbroken. And a lot of people either did a squat clean to thruster for two with just a break in between, or they got to the fourth barbell and did two rest two, or maybe even three rest one. But you saw the fails. And when you see the fails, then you're just like, it's not like a snatch, man. <laughs> You didn't miss it technically and take a step back and take one breath of bullet. <laughs> right, right. You missed the thruster. You're you're not going right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same couple misses there. It's like, oh, that sucks, but that's also awesome. Um, right. I think if you program a strength ladder and everybody finishes, it's not a strength ladder. Sure. 
I think if you program a strength ladder in very, very few finish, then it was, you might as well have just programmed a heavy thruster. And so a combo blend of the two, I, I, I was happy to see that unfold. It was fun to watch. The races were there, the epic, should I go? Should I not? I'm going for it. And I missed. And now I get to sit there for a minute or I, it's the same. You saw the same execution. Like you said, is like, it was a very, um, like you paid for your mistakes. Expensive. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. I just think the, the weights, I mean, good call chase. Like the weights were perfect because if they would have been any lighter, then it all of a sudden would have been like a fitness event. Right. You know, it would have, it would have ramped up that intensity so much more and forced everyone the intensity to where the strength is then really affected by the intensity. Whereas here it's like, okay, now the strength is affected by how fast, how fast did you decide to go under that time under tension? It's only 30 reps. I mean, like you figure out like this whole, this whole day, there's not a lot of volume that went into today. So you're right. There was a lot of rest which allowed for the, you know, for the, the, the Sunday to be a great day, but also um, really allowed these, each one of these reps to really count. And yeah, that's awesome. And I fucking am so sick of a one rep max. Yeah. Every single, every single stage and every single event, they all have to do it. So I tip my hat to you, dude. We do not need to have that every single time. You can test strength just like that or in other, other, other ways. It doesn't have to be one rep max. I was very very happy about that one. Yeah, and a lot. Uh, Haley Marillo, I think, like uh, I want to say, maybe on one of Peter's vlogs, she said something profound and like is a perfect way to describe this workout. Like you, you cannot fake a thruster. You cannot fake that. It's like one of the purest forms of strength. Not doing a powerlifting movement. Mm. Like you can just pull and pray on a snatch, and sometimes it's just a miracle. It happens. You catch in the bottom, and you you hit it. And even on a clean and jerk, sometimes you're just like, you're having a, a really good day. Everything's hitting, everything's firing like a thruster is either you can do it or you can't. Right. Like very- well, there's also not the movement. I mean, with a snatch and a, like a clean and jerk, if you jerk it, you, you could walk it and catch it. Sure. You can't do that with a thruster. You're either solid out of the bottom and pushing it straight out or you're, it's not going up. Right. That's right. great. Yeah. There's, I mean, you saw tons of PRs. Like I think Lydia fish, PR by 20 pounds or Damn. something. Wow. Like, There's a name to remember. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew going in just cause I had talked to her coach and she kind of gave me a, a nudge. It was like, Hey, like tell the people that are commentating, watch out for Lydia because she's so skilled and she's getting stronger and she already has a pretty freaky capacity that like, depending on the, the holes of the other competitors mm. and the scoring system, she hits a few home runs and she's going to be right there. And what do you know? She's wearing the leader Jersey on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I thought it was great. I like the, the switch today to the, the low volume, you know, gymnastics and then the strength tests. And then we completely switch gears to start things off on Sunday, hundreds events, hundred toes to bar on the trapeze bar, a hundred dual hang kettlebell snatch at 35s and 26s, a hundred box jump overs with a step down, 24 for both, and then a hundred dual kettlebell squats hold the kettlebells anyhow. And this, when I watch it unfold, looked like it surprised some people because of what we started the the show off with when um, programming high volume events and how to do that appropriately with movement patterns, weights, skill levels, and and volume outside of saying, Hey, row for a hundred cows or bike for a hundred cows or do, you know, burpees. And how was, I mean, all the ones you retold and thought about, was this one of the ones that was the toughest to get down pat of the seven that you had? I would say it's this one, not so much because of the movement selection, but the order. And I tested it different orders. I had other people test different orders. I went back and forth. I was like, I notoriously program lots of pulling. Like that is very, if you go back and look at all the crucibles, like that is just something I'm biased because by nature we have so many, so much pressing in CrossFit. Well, look at your arms and our 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 thumbnail. I mean, clearly. I, I have a tendency to to value pulling and i'm like 
whether or not I decide to do pull up on this bar and toes to bar to in my head makes or break the competition. Like I took it that seriously to like think is was the GHDs enough on Friday of like midline? Cause I have a lot of midline just everywhere mm-hmm. in the competition. Mm-hmm. So like this bar is weird. Like don't <laughs> the bar can't steal the show. The bar cannot be the reason someone did great on this workout. I like that. Someone did bad because somebody would the think day, the other way, right? Like he's like, no, I want this to be about the bar because it's new and it's different and nobody's done it. I like that. You're thinking like that. Yeah. It's same, same with the Zercher. Like if I make the Zercher, um, a hundred pounds heavier, it's only about who could carry it without putting it down. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you kind of lose the whole point of the workout. So yeah, this, what I'm really glad that I landed on on this and me and Chase even talked about this was I, I messed with the idea of going like, do I go grip and then no grip and then grip and then no grip. So like, do I go toes to bar box snatch squat or do I start with the squats? Because it just, it's like, there they are do them unbroken. And then now you're, now you're just dealing with that the rest of the workout. But this order by far I mean, seeing what Colton did on it is crazy. Seeing what Ellie Hiller <laughs> did on it. I mean, you have people going 16 something and then other people going like 23 or 24 minutes. I think, <laughs> I think Ellie did it in 18. And then, you know, a lot of the women were in the mid twenties. Um, like that was incredible to watch watching people. James Sprague did the squats unbroken. Aaliyah Miller did Dang. the squats unbroken. Like, seeing that and the amount of discomfort that they were in to actually do that and hawk some people down. The order was perfect. Cause I told people all weekend long, the first 200 reps are its own workout, but the way that you navigate those 200, you will set yourself up for success or failure on the back half. Cause the first part is just grip. The second part is just legs and lungs, but the decisions you make on the toes to bar will affect how you get through the snatches and then the speed at which you can either maintain or not on the box is going to tell you how much you're going to be hurting on the squats. So advancing it, having all the spending all the money to put all those dude, the layout the and the stickers. <laughs> that was, it, it was so great. To see the progression down yeah. the field and stuff. I mean, it, and that's how the regionals, that's how the hundred shippers already always were. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it, like we need to do it. There's not really a way to do the toes to bar to where you're progressing, but <laughs> put it first and then after yeah. that you're watching a race the entire time which i think and just on that aspect alone just for the viewer the viewage of that event that's really the only place you could put it because i love the volume yeah i love the fact that you did i love the fact that you weren't afraid of that but that would be the one place it's like okay put it in the beginning so then you see the race after that you see it unfold after that otherwise you get yeah. to the middle and you're like well i don't really know what's happening <clears throat> right. so was in the lead but now it's like you got to wait for the magic rap like to come putting out putting an air runner in the middle of the uh <laughs> right. of an event <laughs> right so that that was awesome that was awesome let's take that into your finale a two-parter you have event six as regrip for time 14 or 12 ring muscle-ups 70 meter sled push, either 45 or empty into 14 ring muscle ups, a cap of five minutes. And then right into after that four time, seven sandbag to shoulder at 200 and 125, 14 to 12 parallel handstand pushups to a 14 or nine inch deficit. And then seven sandbags to the shoulder, a little back to back interval test with two difference. I mean, sometimes you'll see, it's the same thing retread with a little break in between or maybe multiple sets. And then you have these two little micro tests back to back for the finale. Yeah, sure. And we talked about the beginning of the show. Um, This was one of the workouts that when I saw it, I was like, ah, just add like (laughs) six or seven bar muscle ups or, you know, do, do a number to where some can't do it unbroken. And it, it actually ended up being, probably where where it is in the weekend and for everyone watching that maybe have thought well why didn't more people do the ring muscle ups unbroken they only had about an hour turnaround after the hundreds so <laughs> yeah. i mean that was the opposite like, of saturday that was not <laughs> that was not like people were like well that's part of the sport right you're just testing recoverability no i'm not like i <laughs> i gave you guys three or four hours the last two days like i'm, I'm just doing this 
logistically so that no one's working out at 7 a.m. or at 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Mm. Like I, I wanted to respect the people who traveled as far as they did and that had families to get home to. But I, I tried to keep it consistent. Like it's not like Heat One had three hours and then the final Heat right, had right. you know 30 minutes. I've never done ring muscle ups on the turf. They've always been hung where the trapeze bars are. And I know at this point in the game, this is my fourth year. People are smart and there are people that have been competing at crash for four years. They know how the gym is laid out. So they have an idea of what is possible at different parts of the gym. No one would have really ever thought that I was just going to figure out a way to hang up the rings. Or <laughs> so getting that, having the quick transition, keeping the sled light still preserved the original workout stimulus. Mm -hmm. And then like, who's going to not rest and jump up and do them unbroken. And there were a lot fewer guys do it unbroken than I assumed would. I think like maybe around 10 did it un unbroken and everyone else just, everyone did the first 14, but then they had one break and that's perfect. Cause it's like one break. How long is that break? Now there's more spots. Now there's more spots. Oh, you fail one. Now there's more spots. Now mm -hmm. there's more spots mm -hmm. you're losing. And then having a back to back finale with P score, I wanted to see if it would add to the excitement or like make people frustrated because they're like, well, I have no clue <laughs> what I have no clue what Austin has to do in the last workout to hold off Colton because I, I can't even I can't even calculate it myself and say, OK, easy math. First place, second place, third place, fourth place. I can do that. Three points, three points, three points, three points. You didn't know. So going into the finale, this one. There's still question marks mm. we talked about at the beginning. Everyone's just done 28 or 24 ring muscle ups. Not a lot of recovery. We've done a lot of handstand balancing. We've done a heavy thruster. This is the first year that I've programmed pressing heavy. It's usually pull heavy. And really, that's just, it's, it's almost like a strict deficit handstand push up. Either you got them or you don't. And like, you never really knew who was going to get done with the first sand, sand, seven sandbag and what was going to happen, which, which was cool for the, for the drama of it. Everyone wasn't going into it being like, oh, that's that's them all day. That's easy. Like these people are all going to succeed and these people are not. Uh, I I love the fact you're right. There there we've been doing a lot of you do have a lot of on your hands stuff. Um which uh which is which is totally fine. What I like about this one is the sandbags are a decent weight. You obviously, you're going to have your bigger athletes, your stronger athletes are going to be able to move the sandbag. And then it's like, okay, you're the bigger athlete. Now do you have the power to push on those? I mean, 14 inches on parallel handstand, 14 and 9, like those are those are no joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, something like that could have, you know, could stop one of the the fittest women in the world currently, right in the middle of your tracks, which you'd be watching your event from the inside. Uh, but I like that you have that, uh, the ability to go back and forth between your, it forces the blend of the athlete, big, strong, able, you know, can, they got to be able to handle the, the 200 pound sandbag and they got to be able to move their body all that distance a long way. That's cool. And after seeing the workout play out, this is, this is one of the regrets. I, I went back and forth a lot on this and I had multiple people test it. I had females test it with 150 and females test it with 125. And while I still knew that the gymnastics would be the the crux of the of the event that bag could have been 150 and should have been 150 because everyone can get through the first seven mm. but then then and only then if you can get through those middle reps now you can show me how also strong you are by racing with the 150 and i think that would have slowed more people down I, it, what was shocking though is how many people didn't even get past the parallettes. Um, oh. and we, and we started the show off uh, female specifically by saying, so at the end of the day, it really didn't matter, right? It didn't matter if it was 125 or 150. I think that's just me being overly critical. Like, ah, I, I could have actually made it 150 and it, the, the, the workout would have still been the same essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, look, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, would you change so going back and talking about the handstands, would you change the depth or would you change the rep? Would you lower the rep number or would you change the depth? I think I would have just flipped it. I think I would have done seven into 14 on the bag back in. Oh, seven. okay. So how I did the first half where I went gymnastics, sled gymnastics. Right. I think maybe if I would have just given them a small set 
of seven and six. So it would, it would have been six for them. Yeah. Six for the females. If you can do them, great. If you can't, you just spend most of the five minutes working on them. Then you do 14 in a row with a 125. That would have been appropriate for sure. You go down yeah. the turf and then you come back down the turf and then you have the seven waiting for you there or the six waiting for you at the end. So like, yeah, if I want to pick it apart and be overly critical, I think I probably could have tweaked that a little. I still think the same people would have done really well on it. Yeah. But I think it maybe would have given more of an opportunity for some unknown. Like when everyone got to the wall and you saw what kind of sets people did, you knew right then, oh, they just did two. So this is not going to be good. <laughs> right. And then like I think I think Lindsay from the girl who won from Crash, I think she I think she went like nine three. So like you could already see like, oh, you're doing more than six after the muscle ups. Right. You got them. Right. Um, we, we talk about this all the time, me and Chase too, about how, you know, you do all your due diligence, you're, you're looking at the numbers, you have people test it, you lay it all out and you look at that, you look at on your paper, it's like, here it is the masterpiece of that one event that you're just talking about. Like, even though you see how it appears on the floor, uh, even though, even though, you know, you just said you're like, it really wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed anything. Looking back now, if you had to reset up the weekend on that one, would you change it? No, or just like but, ah, you know what? That's just me. That's just me no, because because that progression down the turf and waiting to see who's going to come off the wall and get back to the bag, uh, and then yeah. like in the, in the men's heat, I think going into the final heat, only five guys had finished that workout, the sandbag parallel, and then all of the final heat finished it, mm. and a lot of them outside of Colton and Austin, those other four were like racing the back half on the bag and that like we talked about that horizontal displacement of to the shoulder drop it got to yeah. drop it every time got to drop it every time that was like watching it in person that was awesome so no yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have changed that that's nice love it love it yeah that was that was good all right jr the moment we've been all been waiting for I'll jump off. I gotta. I gotta go pick up my little. <laughs> I won't. I won't watch the thumbs. The uh, the the biased thumbs. That no, you you have. get to you get to be a part of this as well. But uh, just you know, wrap it up quickly. First of all, thanks for your time here. It was wonderful to watch. I think we we wouldn't be doing a service to all the people that were involved helping you out as well. Uh, what the Savant Podcast brought in as far as viewership. Um, and, and partnership with Brian Friend being in there, Souza, Hiller. I can't believe Pedro came down. <laughs> to, that was the most wild thing of all, but, you know, Brand Setter and, and uh, Caleb and the, the whole team that came together to support you. I know Taylor was there. John Young tested something for you, and then we never heard from him again. But um, the support you got for that and, and what you guys put on was absolutely phenomenal. And when you know the care that went into this and you look at the tests that you have, you – you put an all encompassing of things that were getting tested on a gymnastics level. You had, you know, you had some high volume tests in there on a trapeze bar and just seeing how people would adapt to that. You had the pegboards with a decent volume for rounds and making sure that the attrition was sewed up there. We've got inverted on handstand walks, different obstacles. You had the, you had the deficit handstand pushups, the ring muscle ups, like all that put in there. We've got some good weightlifting elements in there from pulling from the floor and pushing it over, pulling from the floor and pulling it up to the shoulder, um, taking it from the floor and squatting and pressing it overhead. Like you just had such a good balance of, of different ways to test different things. I think at the end of the weekend, nobody was left wanting. I think at the end of the weekend, there wasn't something where you can say, well, we didn't test this or or that portion, you brought in a lot of old school volume uh, in a certain fixed setting, different ways to test strength, but still revealing who had it and who did not. Um, for, for what it was, the course of the weekend and what you put together, it's, it's a tough thing to do, but for the creativity and, uh, and what you pulled off, I'm giving you a 1.7 and 1.7. That was a, a great job. A lot of when I, and from a bias standpoint, from a personal level, when I look at things that I want to do, I do add that in part of the, the scale of the programming is like, there's some subjectivity involved in there, but like, I think if we like to do it, we're so critical normally that I think that's a bonus as far as not, instead of a bias. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I think it was amazing. I love the fact that you had new elements without being gimmicky. 
Um, you went around, you, you, you really took a lot of time and care to, to make it be something that everyone couldn't just do at their home gym, uh, unless you have all of the, all of the toys. And even, even if they did have all the toys and you made it, so it's like, okay, well, we're going to throw this one other thing in here that you don't have yet. Um, you gave people, when you did bring in something new, you gave people, um, enough time ahead of time to let them know so that you can still have an effective race. Um, you were very, what I thought was impressive was how cognizant you were about not just the events and how you set them up, but the way you set up the entire weekend, being very aware of, okay, what do I want to push on the first day? How do I want them to be able to recover yet still have a race, but still make everything extremely important risk versus reward, like you were saying, and then having your, uh, big finish at the end, um, having, the setup to where you can have a big finish at the end. I mean, with those sandbags, anytime you're doing a rep for rep, whether it's steps, lunges, handstand walks, you know, yoke care, something that's a little bit slow, it really builds the drama. And I think that you set that up for the crowd. Um, I love the fact that you were looking and paying attention to the athletes and where they were in the season, what they should be able to do, mm. what they, um, you know, tearing down some of the ba- the borders and the boundaries of what they shouldn't be doing at this point in their competitive, co- you know, uh, uh, career for the season. Um, and I, dude, I we have seen it so many times where people try to make a retool of an event, and honestly, I just think most of the time we've seen it be a disservice. So I I I applaud you for what you're able to do on that. I think that was really 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 impressive. Um, I'm never going to do it again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's dude. I think it's really. I think it's hard to do. I think it's really the, hard. What you really do is hard. you put you back yourself against the wall because it's either a you're going to do great or it's not just going to be do great or just kind of off. It's either you do great or you fuck it up. And right. you did not fuck it up, dude. Like I, it was fun to watch. It was fun to talk about. All the events were like, God dang, I like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I really like that. So. um I got a 1.75. Oh, dude. I appreciate it. Guys, this is going to be... What would that be right there? Um, I don't know. I got this weird thumb. I'm actually <laughs> like... I don't the know. The Crash Crucible. This will be the last year, everyone. Uh, we are now done. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> I will never get that high scores again, so we're just going to re- re- retire the competition. Well, and, uh, and with this uh, thumbs up here from Corbin, JR is the breast. Um, there I, you go. That's it. Two that's boobs. the that's the nail in a coffin. Two thumbs up, and uh, he called you a boob. So, <laughs> Jr., thank you for your time. Appreciate uh, everything you do. I love what you do for the space. I'm very thankful to see. This is what we wanted to have eventually when we started this podcast in the programming space specifically is to watch you come up and get. I would say a much deserved limelight in the attention that you've gotten and you've lived up to that. I feel like it's a, it's a big stage to get put out on, especially when Savon's putting you out there and you've lived up to that and exceeded that uh, in our eyes. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention. I appreciate your devotion to the, the programming method and the community that you have over there at CrossFit Crash. So uh, thanks for everything you do. Guys, this is like uh, another bucket list type thing to me. Like I used to just ride around cutting my grass, listening to all the, when you went back through, <laughs> you went back through all the games and all the regionals and you analyze all the programming. I was like, man, like one day, maybe I'll get to go on that. You're welcome anytime, but we Thank appreciate so that. Uh, I can think of no better outro music to end this podcast than the one that we started with. Y'all take care. See you Friday. Bye. Guys. Yeah.